Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 39 of 2021. Episode 39, we are now in the fourth week of Ordinary Time, so I'm going to do the readings from Monday, fourth week of Ordinary Time. So uh, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. It'll be a great help. So let's begin with the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Kyrie Elysion. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, and the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, now uh, we continue with the letter to the Hebrews. So it's Hebrews um, chapter 11, verse 32, 40. By faith they conquered kingdoms. God had foreseen something better for us. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. What more shall I say? I have not, not time to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jabetha, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, did what was righteous, obtained the promises. They closed the mouth of lions, put out raging fires, escaped the devouring escaped the devouring sword. Out of weakness they were made powerful, became strong in battle, and turned back foreign invaders. Women received back their dead through the resurrection. Some were tortured and would not accept deliverance in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others endured mockery, scourging, even chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, 
sawed in two, put to death at sword point. They went about in skins of sheep or goats, needy, afflicted, tormented. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered about in deserts and on mountains and caves and in crevices in the earth. Yet all these, though approved because of their faith, did not receive what had been promised. God had foreseen something better for us, so that without us they should not be made perfect. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I read it again. Reading from letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 3240. By faith they conquered kingdoms. God had foreseen something better for us. What more shall I say? I have not time to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jabatha, of David and Samuel, and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, did what was righteous, obtained the promises. They closed the mouth of lions, put out raging fires, escaped the devouring sword. Out of weakness they were made powerful, became strong in battle, and turned back foreign invaders. Women received back their dead through resurrection. Some were tortured and would not accept deliverance in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others endured mockery, scourging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawed in two, put to death at sword point. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, needy, afflicted, tormented. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered about in deserts and on mountains and caves and crevices in the earth. Yet all these, though approved because of, of their faith, did not receive what had been promised. God had foreseen something better for us, so that without us they should not be made perfect. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so what is the Holy Spirit saying to us here? What more shall I say? I have not, not time to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, did what was righteous, obtained the promises, closed mouths of lions, put out raging fires, and escaped the, de the devouring sword. Obviously, like I said before, <clears throat> this is where you have to have a knowledge of the Old Testament. And of course, um, since we're Catholic, we are talking about the, uh, the Catholic canon that has extra books, seven extra books. And, you know, we also have the, the book of Maccabees. Um, we have also, uh, Barak, the letter of Jeremiah to the exiles. 
And um, we also have the book of Sirach, the letter, uh, the book, the book of wisdom of Solomon. And these are important because obviously it gives you a much bigger, uh, broad, uh, broader picture uh, for the uh, our, our Protestant um, separated brothers. They are, these books have been removed uh, because of the Reformation. Um, you have to have a knowledge of them. And over here he's giving you, because we believe it's St. Paul who wrote this, He's giving you the epic story of salvation, the epic adventure of salvation. And salvation is epic. He's talking about all these people who... I mean, the part I love here was that the world was not worthy of them. The world was not worthy of them. That is... That really spoke a lot to me. It really did. I mean, that, that word stood out and it was just amazing. The world was not worthy of them. <laughs> it's a, uh, a remarkable, a remarkable word. I mean, a, a sentence. It like it struck a chord. And if the world was not worthy of them before the Christ. Then what is, then the world is not worthy of us Christians even now. I mean, right now we're facing of a radicalized atheistic society, a society that is pushing pushing us out because of of a very bad form of thinking of philosophy, not even a philosophy because philosophy, love of wisdom. I mean, for crying out loud, love of wisdom, is, you know, is something that doesn't even exist now. Questioning morality, questioning uh, reason. Desperately, they want, they want, their minds taken over by perversity, by the the lust of the flesh to live only for the pleasure of the moment. Perversity of every kind, child pornography, oh, sodomy. We know we have to realize that we're living in a world that seems to be desperate for its own self-destruction. I mean, he, he talked about devouring sword, even put to death by the sword. So, uh, some were tortured and would not accept deliverance in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others endured mockery, scourging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawed in two. According to tradition, uh, Isaiah the prophet was sawed in two. Put to death at sword's point. They went about in skins of sheep or goats, needy, afflicted, tormented. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered about in deserts, 
on mountain on mountains and caves, crevices in the earth. Yet all these, though approved because of their faith, did not receive what had been promised. They didn't see the they, they didn't witness the coming of the Christ. They only had they had to put their faith in in the fulfillment of God's covenant. In the fulfillment. These the people of the Old Testament, the people of faith, and even very few of them believed. The rest, they could not see it, they could not live with it, they could not accept it. And so therefore, because of that, they themselves um, sometimes gave up. We kind of live in this in the same thing. We have brothers and sisters who have given up the supernatural belief of faith. Jesus himself said, "When the Son of Man returns, will he have will he find faith upon the earth?" Many of our brothers and sisters gave in. They gave in to uh, believing that their that that the faith is human, is not supernatural. They give in and wanted to believe. Now they believe that it is a progressive faith, an evolving faith, an evolving Christianity. A very secular humanist form of Christianity. And so therefore they their view is that, you know, what was immoral once before is can be socially acceptable now, a relativism. And this unfortunately uh puts they will be at odds. And our Lord said, I did not come to bring peace, but a division, a sword. And what he means by the sword is the word of God. The word of God will divide families, will divide even uh, parishes, will divide dioceses, will divide priest against priest, religious against religious, bishop against bishop, cardinal against cardinal, Christian against Christian family members a man's own one's own family will be his own enemies his or her own enemies it will it will do it even 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 religious communities will be divided it's going to happen we have to simply realize this and and and, and deal with it it's going to happen because it's happening even now as we speak you know and then we also, those of us, we have to, we have to remember the apparitions of the past. Our Lady of Sal, uh, um, of um, our Our Lady's apparitions in in Fatima, uh, in other parts of the world, um, in um, Our Lady of Fatima especially, and there were others. Unfortunately, I can't think of them right now, um, but it's. It's obvious there, these things we have to prepare, is that we're going through a chastisement now. You know, um, when we're living in a time when our bishops uh, close the, <laughs> they close the doors of the churches 
even before the government told them, um, prevented people from receiving the sacraments, and many were even prevented from receiving last rites because of the pandemic, died without receiving Holy Communion. That says a lot, how easily they have fallen fallen for it. And unfortunately, just as you saw in the, old, in the days of our Lord, the temple, the priesthood, gave in to political pressures, preferred the, the financial and political relationship of the Roman Empire in order to keep their power, to maintain, maintain their power. So have our bishops preferred the political relationship of the government and politicians for grants and willingly betray our Lord, just as much as Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver, just as much as the time of Constantine, many bishops fell for the um, patronage of pagan Romans, and just as much as the, during the time of Henry VIII, even going back or before Henry VIII, Thomas Becket, Henry II, wanted to put pressure on the church. We're facing the same thing even now. Let's move on to the Psalms. Okay, so it's Psalm 31, and the response is, Let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. Let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. How great is the, good, is the goodness, O Lord, which you have in store for those who fear you, and which towards those who take refuge in you, you show in the sight of the children of men. Let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. You hide them in the shelter of your presence from the plottings of men. You screen them within your abode from the strife of tongues. Let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. Blessed be the Lord whose wondrous mercy he has shown me in, the, in a fortified city. Let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. Once I said in my anguish, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard the sound of my pleading when I cried out to you. Let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. Love the Lord, all you his faithful ones. The Lord keeps those who are constant but more than requites those who act proudly. Let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. Okay, well, let's go back and let's try to understand exactly what God is saying to us in the psalm. How great is the, good, is the goodness, O Lord, which you have in store for those who fear you. Okay, the word fear, why, what is that? What does it mean, those who fear you? You have to, I think, remember the, the part in the Ten Commandments when God says about um, idols, I am a jealous God. Well, that also can be confused. 
why jealous? Why fear? I think, honestly, I would put them almost close to the same level. <sighs> jealous God, because he's our creator, and what does he mean by idols? Often, that's also something that often we, we, we misinterpret. It's true, and nothing should replace God. And it's true, we should fear him. But why? Anything that replaces God in your life becomes, becomes an idol. And you should be afraid of anything that occupies in, your, in our hearts, in our attention, as dangerous, and you should be afraid of it. Now, obviously, why? Let's first understand. Anything that is temporal, earthly, and can easily disappear, disintegrate, is an insult to God's greatness and an insult to your relationship with God because he, nothing should replace him, nothing temporal, nothing earthly, and nothing can replace him. A stone idol or any false god of the imagination, let's just say that, is just that. It's a false god and an idol whether it's abstract in the mind or actually physical, like an artifact. But then again, it, not, it doesn't necessarily has to be an idol because a, a stone idol is just stone. A metal idol is just metal. A wooden idol is just wood. And an imaginary God, a God conceived in the imagination thoughts of human beings, it's just that, an imagination. But the fact that your energy and your strength and your mental and your your mental powers, your intellect and your reasoning <clears throat> has been submitted, and also the symbolism of this God, because false gods take symbolism. Humans always attribute something to them, whether it's thunder, rain, earth, fire, sex, wealth prosperity, fertility. Um, it's just that. When God himself is the God of all things, right, all things, whether they happen to be vain, earthly things, he is still the God of all things who created human life, who created the ability for human beings to reproduce, who can bless someone with wealth, who can create rain, thunder, and fire. Only one God. And yet human beings, they take the, um, the they um, run away with the um, attributes of God and focus on that. And they don't want to pay attention to the one true God. So basically he has a right to be, jealous and angry. 
But at the same time, we, we ourselves should be fearful when something like this replaces him, when something like this insults God and our relationship with God. And that itself is dangerous. It's dangerous for a human being to even let such a thing um, come in come in the way of our relationship. And very dangerous. And we should be fearful because it could destroy us and destroy our salvation. All right, <clears throat> continue. And which to which um when you, okay, how great is the goodness of the Lord? How how great is the goodness, O Lord, which you have in store for those who fear you. So, his goodness he has in store. He will bless us. When we, when we are aware of him, when we, we are aware of everything that comes from him in our life, yes, when we are fearful of anything that gets in the way that could disrupt our relationship with him, he will bless us with goodness because we are aware of his presence. We are aware of his presence and power in our life and which towards those who take refuge in, in you. Refuge, meaning we completely surrender ourselves to him. We completely hand over our, our entire lives mentally, spiritually, physically. We believe in his presence. We believe that his presence is real in our life. Okay, and you show in the sight of the children of men, even to all humanity and to all our descendants, whether they happen to be related to us or not. You hide, you hide them in the shelter of your presence. This part I love from the plotting of men. You screen them with your abode from the strifer of tongues. <sighs> wow. Uh, the strifer of tongues. The plotting of men. This is the part where you know what he's saying here. You hide them in the shelter of your presence from the plotting of men. You screen them within your abode from the strifer of tongues. Those who attack us, those who spread lies about us, those who malign us, who plot, who speak plots against us, who wish us ill, who speak ill of us, who talk behind our back, lies and everything. He himself will shelter us. God will shelter us and protect us. Going on, blessed be the Lord whose wondrous mercy he has shown me in the fortified city. Fortified city. The city of God. The kingdom to come. The temple. The church. Um, his, you know, blessed be the Lord whose wondrous mercy. His mercy. His mercy and his love. Everything. And he will bring us into, you know, like he says, our Lord said it, our, my father's house, there are many mansions in creation, in his universe. Once I said in my anguish, I'm cut off from your sight, yet you 
you heard the sound of my pleading when I cried out to you. I always love these verses. I'm cut off from your sight. Once I sin in my anguish. In fear, fear when we sin, fear when we doubt him, fear when we go into despair, which is dangerous. Yet you heard, you know, you heard the sound of my pleading when I cried out to you. This is this is a this is a prayer from the heart. And you know, anguish, despair, they're dangerous. Thinking that you're cut off from God, thinking that there is no hope. You know, when things look bad like right now, people are scared. Love the Lord, all you his faithful ones. The Lord keeps those who are constant, but more than requites those who act proudly. So we gotta be careful. We gotta be careful of the of the vanity of, of pride. It's dangerous. But always remember that he is in our sight. You know, don't doubt God's power. All right, so let's move on to the gospel. Now for the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. A great prophet has risen in our midst and God has visited his people. Alleluia, alleluia. A great prophet has arisen in our midst and God has visited his people. And this is from uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 16. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark chapter 5, verse 1 to 20. Unclean spirit, come out of the man. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. It's a long one today. It's a long reading, okay? From verse 1 to 20. And Jesus, Jesus and his disciples came to the other side of the sea, to the territory of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, at once a man from the tombs who had an unclean spirit, met him. The man had been dwelling among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any longer, even with a chain. In fact, he had frequently been bound with shackles and chains, but the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles smashed, and no one was strong enough to subdue him night and day among the tombs and on the hillsides he he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones catching sight of jesus from a distance he ran up and prostrated himself before him crying out in a loud voice what have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God. Do not torment me. He had been saying to him, Unclean spirit, come out of the man. He asked him, What is your name? He replied, Legion is my name. There are many of us. And he pleaded earnestly with him, Do not drive do, um, earnestly with him not to drive them away from that territory. 
Now a large herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they pleaded with him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. And he let them, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine. The herd, about two thousand, rushed down a steep bank into the sea where they were drowned. The swine herders ran away and reported the incident in the town and throughout the countryside. And people came out to see what had happened. As they approached Jesus, they caught sight of the man who had been possessed by legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind and they were seized with fear those who witnessed the incident explained to them what had happened to the possessed man and to the swine then they okay hold on then they began uh, began to beg him to leave their district as he was getting into the boat the man who had been possessed pleaded to remain with him. But Jesus would not permit him, but told him instead, Go home to your family and announce to them all that the Lord in his pity has done for you. Then the man went off and began to proclaim in the Decapolis what Jesus had done for him, and all were amazed. It's a long one. So I'll read it one more time anyway, so we can at least get an idea. Jesus and his disciples came to the other side of the sea, to the territory of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat at once, a man from the tombs who had, been, who had an unclean spirit met him. The man had been dwelling among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any longer. No one can restrain him any longer. Even with a chain. In fact, he had frequently been he had frequently been bound with shackles and chains, but the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles smashed, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the hillside, he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones, catching, um, catching sight of, of Jesus from a distance. He ran up and prostrated himself before him, crying out in a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. He had been saying to him, Unclean spirit, come out of the man. He asked him, What is your name? He replied, Legion is my name, and there are many of us. And he pleaded earnestly with him, do not drive, not to drive him away from the ter from that territory. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they pleaded with him, send us into the swine, let us enter them. And he let them, and the clean and the unclean spirits came out of the came out and entered the swine. The herd, about two thousand, rushed down a steep bank into the sea where they were drowned. The swine herders ran away and reported the incident 
in the town and throughout the countryside. And people came out to see what had happened. And as they approached Jesus, they caught sight of the man who had been possessed by legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind. And they were seized with fear. Those who witnessed the incident explained to them what had happened to the possessed, to the possessed man and the swine. Then they began to beg him to leave their district. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed pleaded to remain with him. But Jesus would not permit him, but told him instead, Go home to your family and announce to them all that the Lord in his pity has done for you. The man went off and began to proclaim in the Decapolis what Jesus done for him. And all were amazed. The Gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I love um, this story. I love it very much. And it's um, it's one of my uh, know, it's, a, it's one of my favorite ones. This particular story because it's so interesting. And um, I learned a lot about it. Um it's probably one of the reasons why I um, I don't watch it all the time because I don't think it's uh, something you should watch all the time. But I have read the book multiple times, uh, The Exorcist. There's a, a passage, I think, right before the book where uh, William Bellati takes a portion of this, of this passage of the Gerasene. And... In actuality, if you remember the movie, when the priest, Father Karras, he actually does something similar. He tricks the evil demon to enter him and he throws himself out the window, just like what happened with the swine who went down the cliff. Um... In other words, he used he used himself as bait. The demons, the legion of demons, thought they were tricking Jesus. They didn't want to leave the territory. Why did they want to leave the territory? Because there was a lot of um, there was a lot of um, cultism. There was a lot of uh, uh, black magic going around in the area, and they were very comfortable there. So they could, you know, they get a chance to maybe repossess the man or repossess another person. If you notice, they're swine, pigs. Jews do not herd pigs. So the place itself was probably um, filled with Gentiles, um, probably Semites, but maybe not uh, Jews, uh, probably Samaritans or Syrio-Phoenicians um, who were in the area and they raised pigs, uh, pork for the Romans because only Romans going to buy the pork from them. So um, that was probably one of the reasons why. And there was also, if you remember, you see the name Decapolis at the end, the city proclaimed in the, in the Decapolis. It's a um, Greek city built by Herod, either by Herod the Great or by Herod's, one of Her, um, Herod's sons who built the city. 
there was a you know Galilee had a lot of Gentiles as well as a lot of Jews the area so they thought they tricked Jesus but that's not what happened they went into the swine herd a 2000 herd and they went down the cliff and drowned so um you can see the the pattern in that story if you that's why you should be familiar with it and William Bellati who himself actually happened to be of uh, Lebanese background or Syrian background he was catholic um and he knew and he used that story to um you know he used that, that sort of plot and to relate it that's why in the beginning of, of the book you get a little passage of this that's why people should be familiar with the gospel so Charis used himself as a sacrifice. He was the uh, sort of like the substitute for the pig. And he threw himself out the window while he still had a will. That's uh, why the demon cannot take full control of his body. So he saved the girl. He sacrificed himself in her, in, in, in her place. It's, you see, the, the man... Who, who was possessed, I like the part where it says, in his right state of mind. <laughs> that should say everything. That they realize he was not, you know, he obviously was possessed. He was mad. He wasn't in control of his, of his behavior. Um, he, had super, he had unnatural strength. He broke and shattered chains. They couldn't control him. He lived in the mountains, in the cemetery among the tombs. He wandered around tombs. People were um, night and day among the tombs and on the hillside. He was always crying out and bruising himself with stones. And then he catching sight of Jesus. Uh, catching sight of Jesus uh, from a distance, he ran up and prostrated himself. It's interesting that the demons... Uh, acknowledged Jesus' authority and power. They prostrated themselves and, you know, before him and crying out in a loud voice, what have you to do with me, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God. Do not torment me. And, you know, of course, the name, because it was multiple demons, and Jesus was using the line, get out of him, unclean spirit. And then, the tradition in the name of Jesus Christ, tell me your name. Because by giving, by forcing the, the, the demon, the unclean spirit to give a name, uh, you bow, you buy, you, you order him to submit. He's submitting to the authority of Christ. The power of Christ compels you. And that famous line that became very popular and people tend to say it, uh, because they recognize that line from the film, but they don't realize the actual power of what, what they're saying is that there is power in the name of Jesus. All principalities, all everything must bow to him. Once the priest has to have faith, and you and not everybody, not every priest has the qualifications to be a, uh, an exorcist. He has to be a very prayerful man. He has to be one who fasts. He has to be one who, who, um, you know, who basically is very holy. 
um, every priest has the charisma, the gift to be an exorcist, but not all are qualified. Even some bishops, even though a bishop is the chief exorcist of the diocese, sometimes I don't think even the bishop himself, um, he has to be honest. One has to go to confession. If you, the priest has to be completely um, aware and has to confess to go to a confessor. And even if lay people or a deacon or anybody is going to assist the priest, they too have to go to confession. It's the, you know, it's very, it's very interesting. Um, it's, um, it's an interesting, you know, this is, like I said, it has a very, uh, it's one of my favorite ones. It's, shows you the power of Christ. It shows you his glory and it shows you, and the people, the funny part of how the people, um, <laughs> because the, the swine herds, man, they lost their business and the people begged Jesus to leave. You believe that they, they were so terrified. They're so terrified and so blinded and so in their sin. Later on, they would remember him. But what Jesus tells the man, the man who was possessed with the demoniac, he wanted to follow Jesus. He didn't want to leave. Uh, Jesus told him, go home to your family and announce to them all that the Lord in his pity. Um, I think sometimes they translate the word mercy. I don't like the word pity has done for you. Then the man went off and began to proclaim in the Decapolis what Jesus had done for him. And all were amazed. The next time he passes by, the people will remember him. So he became an evangelist. It, he couldn't join Jesus because he was a Gentile. He was not of the Jewish nation. Um, it wasn't ready for Samaritans to do that. But he was already proclaiming. And some, I, th I don't know if I'm correct, but some traditions might hold that this was St. Christopher the one who bare Christ it might have because he was supposed to have been a Samaritan um you know it's very fascinating I mean there's some traditions that say that but it's you know it's one of the most um it's one of the most you know I think it's it's beautiful the way that how it ends there and you know, he was, he was proclaiming Jesus and all were amazed. They knew who he was. They knew he was the crazy demoniac and who knows what, what led him into this. Maybe it was occultism, who knows, but he found liberty. He found freedom and he found grace and already he was preaching and teaching. You know, he was not teaching, but he was proclaiming what the wonderful thing that the Lord has done for him. And that was a beautiful thing. All right, so uh, let's end it with an Our Father, Hail Mary, and we'll say the St. Michael's Prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> all right. So, um, as you notice, I didn't put any music uh, in the beginning or the end uh, of this. Um, I'm still testing things. I'm, I might just keep it this way. It's a lot simpler. Um going to try to see um what you know maybe how i can improve it in the future i wish i had a better setting but also um i don't know what's going on um lately uh i found that uh anchor seems to have some new um rules um it seems to be taking a while for uh podcasts you have to submit them to a uh, screening for approval. They have to be submitted now. I hope uh, that this uh, would be improved because it seems to be taking time, um, especially to get distributed into Google Podcasts. So I'm going to take a guess at this whole um, screening thing for uh, the, the this political... Um, whatever it is they're going through right now. I just hope it doesn't uh, slow things down too much. You know, Anchor I, You know, anchor was always pretty good. Everything would be up within 30 minutes. Uh, you would see it maybe, maybe an hour in some cases. It would be up there and people would already hear it on Google Podcasts and all the others, so we'll see. But anyway, um, please subscribe and share. It will be a great help. Um, the more numbers actually help a great deal. I really, uh, it, it would be a, a wonderful thing if you, you guys would, uh, you know, get more people to subscribe because it would be a great help. So, um, I'll try to put up, uh, Tuesdays. All right. So, um, God bless and we'll be back together again soon.